but yeah, that brings up the point that, you know, you are at the helm of the current national champion team and you're not a skier. So tell us the story. Like, how did you get into this position? Well, my first interaction, well, not interaction, but first knowledge of the team um, goes back to 1995 when I actually started as a student at the university. Mm -hmm. That was when they won a championship. So, you know, being on campus, seeing it in the papers, seeing it, I knew that we had a championship team. For a couple of years, 2005, I started working at the university in the recruitment office. And again, another year that they won a championship. So being on the road, traveling as an academic recruiter, it was one of those things that we would brag about on the road. It was something to brag about. And forward again, 2010, there was an ad in the school paper. Um, Well, let's back up a little bit. 2009, I was asked to take a group of water skiers on a campus tour. It was the Canadian Junior team on a campus tour. Um, So again, 2010, a year later, there's an ad in the paper, in the school newspaper, for an advisor for the ski coach. And the ad ran week after week after week. And so I finally called a friend of mine that was running rec sports. And I said, hey, what's going on with the uh, water ski team? Why isn't anyone, you know, picking up this this opportunity? For me, I saw it as an opportunity for faculty or staff member. And he said, well... You know, to be honest with you, it's uh, quite political. There are scholarships involved. Um, you answer only to the president. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on with it other than just being an advisor. A pressure position. Yeah. It was, it was you know, with the, the history of the team in the championships, it was a lot of pressure. And so I asked him, I was like, well, what do you think about if I just do it until we can find somebody that's, you know, qualified to do it? Um I would hate to see us lose a, a bragging point for the university, a selling point for the university. And he said, look, man, as your, as your friend, I'm telling you, I would not touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> and hearing that and knowing, knowing that we would lose that, you know, I said, well, look, we'll just sign me up for it until we can at least find somebody more qualified. And he, again, he said, look, man, I, I, I'm telling you again, as a friend, I would not go near that. You just don't want to do that to yourself. So this is 2010 or 11? 2010. Okay. Well, no, this is, yeah, 2010, right after they have won. So yep. um, in the fall season, 2010. Yeah, we won, we won that one. I'm, I mean, yeah, it was my senior year, so I remember that so, very well. <laughs> um, it was good. When I you know, told him that, he's like, well, it's, it's not that easy. You have to go and you have to interview and you have to get approved. And I said, well, it's kind of weird that I would have to go through all these hoops for a job that nobody wants. And right. He said, well, you know, like I told you, it's, it's a long tradition, a long history of the team. Um, you're only going to answer to the president. Um, you have to get approved by the president. And so a couple of weeks later, I get a call from uh, Mr. Davidson, Jimmy Davidson, the original founder of the team. And he wants to meet me and talk with me and see if he thinks I'm qualified to do it. And we went and sat down at... Um, I think it was Outback. We went to Outback Steakhouse, and I met with Scott and Linda and Mr. Davidson, and um, they grilled me. I mean, they were like, "What is your daily work life? What is you know? What do you do? Have you ever done this? Have you done that before? Do you have any water experience?" And um, I had had some water experience, but it was on uh, the search and rescue side. I was a rescue swimmer for the sheriff's department. Right. And so they were, you know, they thought that was at least qualifying. 
Um, they thought the travel that I was doing as a recruiter was qualifying because they knew how to do all their paperwork and all that right. kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, the recruiting aspect they thought was another thing that would that would help out for the team. So a couple of weeks later, I get a call from Mr. Davidson, and he wants to have lunch with me at the uh, at Don Seafood, and we went and we did that, and he, you know, said we approved. We're gonna, you know, uh, recommend you to the president to allow you to to be our our next coach. And I was like, wow, it's great. I'd love to, you know, and again, this is only supposed to be a temporary thing. Right. So a couple of days later, well, he invited me over to the, um, to go to the ski lake and, and meet the team and, you know, go and hang out with you guys for a little while. And um, we went out that day and I got in the boat and watched and I was instantly, instantly hooked. I mean, it was just so impressive. One of the things that impressed me the most was watching the, the, team i don't remember exactly who it was in the water but watching them coach each other yeah knowing the the level of 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 the skiers watching them coach each other was so humbling you know knowing that they were taking instruction from each other it was it was i was again instantly hooked a rarity in collegiate sports right because obviously at the ncaa level you have multiple coaches but then even at the club level, you have a figure that is generally like the person giving instructions, right? Whereas I think what's super cool about collegiate water skiing is that we sort of coach each other as skiers. We mm-hmm. try to help each other out. Yeah. So And that, that hooked you instantly. instantly. And then what made it really, the thing that got me even more hooked was our first tournament when I saw the families, you know, and here's this great rivalry that we have with ULM and all these other schools watching the team interact with the other ULM skiers and watching the families and hearing the stories and seeing how all of it is one big giant international family. I was like, wow, this is something I I can see myself being part of. And, you know, from then on out, I was just like, I'm just going to see this through and and have, except for a few times, never really wanted to, to get it far away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Right, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and we'll get to some of that work. Um, now, it may be fair to say that Harry is your right man, oh, right? Absolutely, and right hand man. I think one of the challenges, and I speak from personal experience, that you had when you when you became the coach was learning pretty quick how the sport works, right? Not 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 necessarily on the coaching side, because as you said, you know, like we coach each other and we are, you know. We can take care of the skiing side, but everything else, right? More than learning how the sport worked, it was learning how in the world am I going to be a coach for this team? How am I going to do the logistics side of the team? Because not being a skier, the knowledge base that I was bringing to the team was not how do you slalom, how do you jump, how do you trick? It was how do we get from Lafayette to you know, Conroe? How do we get from Lafayette to Baton Rouge? What's the travel going to be like at the same time while I'm in Houston, I'm in Dallas, I'm on the road traveling myself for my job. Right. Um, When I'm not on the road, I'm in the office. I've got regular, you know, nine to five duties that I have to do. So a lot of the time I had to do these things after work, after five o'clock, sometimes still nine, 10 o'clock at night because my bosses were like, yeah, I'm fine with you doing that as long as it doesn't interfere with your job. Right. So, I don't know if you remember or not, but a lot of the times when we were figuring out 
you know, how we do this travel thing. I was in Houston or Dallas and I was on the phone with you asking for your numbers. I said, well, how much money do we need for travel? Where are we staying? How many are skiing? Trying to figure all that out at the same time, developing networks all over campus that I knew were going to be necessary to make this possible. Yeah. I think that's one of the cool things, right? Like I remember those days, but as a skier, you, you need to understand that up until then, we were completely self-run for like a couple of years, mm -hmm. right? I mean, Danielle Bennett was obviously the key figure the year before the, the 2009 and then 2010, it was primarily Stina Sonegard and myself kind of as seniors trying to run things. Mm -hmm. But now at least we had someone that was helping us figuring out. You know, so it was challenging, but the degree of challenge went down, you know, for us as skiers, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the bigger things. It was a longer conversation I had with Stina was she was doing so well in our studies. If, if I remember, she was a perfect student. Yep, 4.0. 4.0 student. And a lot of times I would go in, I would ask her, hey, I, I, what do I do here? What do I do here? She's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying to make an A. Go figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And I had to respect that, you know, and that's that's what I wanted for her. I wanted her to finish strong. And I relied on you guys to, to you know, teach me those things, how we're going to do that. But a large part of it was, like I said, developing the networks all over campus that would help me figure those things out. Right. Um, and, and, and it worked, and it's been working, and it's been successful, and and we couldn't do any of the things we do without the large network of people that we have on campus that love us and want to help us. Hey.